Hello, welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Pictures Out There podcast series with Lee Stewart and Dave Fogelman. In this episode, Dave and Lee will explore humor today and humor in the future. Laughter is such an important part of our lives. Let's talk about it. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Hi, everybody. This is Dave. And this is Lee. And welcome to another of our Pictures Out There podcasts. Okay, our topic this week is humor. I think this is actually one of the more important topics, Lee, that we're going to talk about. It's a funny topic. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny. And so we want to have fun with this today. We're going to make what we think are probably some serious points about this, you know, but uh, everyone wanted a podcast that's deadly serious about (laughs) about humor. (laughs) So, but what we're going to do is we're going to connect the concept of humor to the ideal that we shared last season that we called we're the same and we're unique or common uniqueness. As humans, we have a zillion, billion, trillion things, a zillion attributes in common with every other human on the planet. And at the same time, we're each very unique. Now, we think humor can create a lot of joy. Ha ha. But unfortunately, it can also sometimes become a form of violence. Whoa, now, we don't whoa. often think of it that way, do we? Violence? Violence. Humor? Bad things. Huh. Dealing effectively with violence is, frankly, one of the big social issues for humanity to solve in order to achieve a better future. And we've discussed this previously Mm -hmm. in our pictures and our podcasts. We'll talk about how we can have great, enjoyable, bust-a-gut humor without our humor becoming a form of violence. Oh, okay, Lee, I kind of get what you're talking about a little bit here, but, um, you know, God, it sounds like you're going to start telling me what's funny and what's not, and that's that's kind of up to me. Kind of a personal okay. taste okay. thing. I'll follow you here, okay. but I'm, I'm questioning things a little bit. Let's see where this goes. All right. Okay, so with understanding those connections to some of the pictures out there, core concepts, we always like doing that, as our starting point, let's visit about humor. So, good humor. I think they're actually in these days in that like an ice cream brand. It used or to something. be an ice cream brand back in the day. I don't I don't know if it exists in the twenty second century. Have, here have, we... have no idea why they named it that. But anyway, what is good humor? And then what is it not? And as you can tell, hopefully from the podcast that you've listened to and to what we're kibitzing about here this morning, Lee and I love humor. I love laughing. Lee loves laughing. When we're off off uh, microphone here and, and we're just friends, as we always are, we laugh all the time. And sometimes to the point where other people around us will go, okay, kind of. Yeah, can you hold it can down? Can you kind of tone it down right. a little bit? But we love to laugh and we love humor. Laughter isn't just uh, what, what is termed frequently the best medicine. It's actually one of the real joys of being alive. And we can't imagine a life without real laughter. So what is, though, real humor? What's good humor? What is positive humor? And on the other hand, are there some things that we label as humor or label as comedy, but they're actually negative or destructive or hurtful or harmful? So in our conversation today, 
is about what's funny. It's about what's really humorous, and it's what we really should not be considered funny or humorous, okay? We've already shared some of our pictures of a future that's filled with love for each other and where violence of all kinds is hopefully minimized or eliminated. So in a world that would be filled with love for one another and only minimal violence, and by the way, that would include anything that we regard as verbal violence, well, what then would be left as real humor? What would be left as good humor? Why don't we explore that a bit? So we're going we're gonna to ask some questions and have some conversation here about that. And it's all toward the notion, ultimately, of kind of creating a picture, of course, of what humor would be in the future, what people would consider real humor. So, true or not, we're going to suggest that one of the two types of real humor and humor in the future, in our picture, is the true and heartfelt laughing that we do at our own unique selves, our own individual selves, at our own actions, our quirks our reactions, our thought processes. This is a type of humor that's humor that we either deliver ourselves, laughing as we tell the joke or story about ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, Lee and I do that frequently. There's a lot, Lee, you would agree. There's a lot for each of us to laugh about. Pl plenty of about material each other. there. Plenty of material there, yes. <laughs> you know, but it's humor that about ourselves that we have given clear and proactive permission without pressure or stress for others to use as humor. So we get into a deal these days, people of the future, we get into a deal these days where lots of times there is pressure to accept something that somebody says about you that you don't think is funny. Correct. That you don't think is humor, mm -hmm. but to slap a smile on, act like it doesn't hurt, act mm -hmm. like it doesn't bother you, and kind of laugh along with being the butt of somebody else's joke mm -hmm. in a way that you really don't appreciate and mm -hmm. don't like. And we're saying there wouldn't be that kind of pressure or stress. Everybody has the freedom to say, you know, these are the things that I think are kind of funny about me and that I'm fine with laughing about myself or us talking about these other things really are off limits. Yes. You know, so there are a number of enormous number of things that I do or think that I laugh about with myself and that I'm fine sharing a laugh with others who I know. And there are some things that I do or think that I don't find funny and don't laugh about myself that someone could say about me publicly and that I wouldn't find funny at all and would not want shared. And really, isn't that the norm for all of us? And Lee, I think one point I'd make here is that the same thing about, say, you and I have the same attribute or the same element of us, I might think it's funny and I don't mind sharing it. You might not like having it shared and vice versa. Yeah, exactly the same attribute. So here's a silly, perhaps simple example. We both have a little gray in our hair, right? Dave may be perfectly fine saying, yeah, gray hair, I've earned every one of them. Go ahead. Let's laugh about it. I'm fine with it. I might be insulted and offended and hurt by that. Right. Hey, I prefer to think of my gray hair as distinguished, not as the butt of some joke. Yeah. So even something as simple as that, we can have very, very different perspectives about. And it's a great example because all sorts of things, particularly people's physical attributes, people's behaviors, things like that, are things where people have very different reactions. And somebody may go, yeah, there's a physical attribute that two people have. One person finds it funny to talk about it. The other person doesn't. The same with behaviors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So don't we each have the right, this is what we're postulating, mm -hmm. don't we each have the right to identify what we think and feel is humorous about ourselves? Don't we own that? We would suggest that the second type of real humor, 
The first being humor about ourselves that we're comfortable with others sharing. The second type of real humor is what the subject is about our commonality as humans. So the object of the humor is about all humanity, all people, the world at large, any aspect of just being alive, anything about being human. This kind of humor is about the actions, quirks, reactions, and thought processes that all of us, or most of us, do from time to time. Tripping over a sidewalk, for example. Yeah, Lee, there's a comedian these days who shall be unnamed who does a hilarious routine about people's reactions when they trip over a little rise on the sidewalk. And they look around and they, I'm not going to do it justice, they look around and go, oh my gosh, what was that mountain that I just stumbled over? And they look to see who saw them. Right. And it's a hysterical routine. It's something that we all All, have had experience do it. It's part of being human. Yes. We would say, gosh, there's an infinite number of things for us to all laugh about, about just our humanity. Absolutely. And we would not regard any of that as hurtful. Right. It's just really basically a celebration of being who we are as humans. So Lee and I would go, gosh, between all of the things to laugh and chuckle about, about being human, and then all of those things that we give permission to, to laugh about individually about ourselves, my gosh, there's so much material there. What else What else do you need? What else do you need? There's really an infinite supply of things to chuckle and laugh about right there. So really, what other subjects for humor do we need? Yep, yep. So true or not, any so-called humor that we do that is about other specific individual people that's done without their pre-consent or that is at the expense of other specific groups of people, there's a ton of that, out in our world today where people will make fun, quote and unquote, of a group of people, we would say that isn't humor. Right, right. And in our picture of the future, we would say, you don't do that stuff. It's negative, it's destructive, it's harmful, it's hurtful. So true or not, just having a little fun or it's just a joke, that is really thinly veiled hostility when we say those kinds of things. And it's really violence that one person or group is perpetrating on another person or group. Or it could be a misread that the victim of the so-called joke was okay with being the object. Any of these situations deserve an immediate apology from the perpetrator to the victim. So we've all heard, oh, can't you take a joke? I was just having a little fun there. And I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Oh, don't be so politically correct. Right. Golly. Uh, You're too, you're too sensitive. Yeah. We've heard all of those lines. When we tell a joke at someone else's expense and they react to it with a stunned face or a hurt face, rather than trying to dig deeper, a digger hole by saying, can't you take a joke? We should just apologize right there in the moment. Yeah. And those situations where in our society too frequently we do that today, we again make the victim, we re-victimize the victim, yeah. you know, and yes. we, we double down on their being the victim and make them the victim again Mm -hmm. because they're thin-skinned or can't take it. They own, they own what they believe is humorous about them. They own that. Correct. You know, we would not, uh, there's all sorts of other elements and we talked about this when we were visiting about violence in an earlier podcast, but the notion that we would accept somebody getting smacked in the face by a fist and they're going ow and then go, why are you saying ow? Mm-hmm. Guy can't take it. Mm-hmm. Let me hit you again. Right. Well, in almost all of our society, thankfully, we would not. We would not think of that as normal. 
why would we permit that with what is another form of violence? Exactly. Yeah. So we all need to establish our boundaries. Right. So there, there's nothing wrong with saying, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah. So as we were just talking about, shouldn't we each be able to determine our own personal boundaries for humor about us and what is verbally said about us the same way we should own physical boundaries for physical acts done to us? And those of you in the future, as we're talking uh, here in 2022 and bringing that uh, to this point in time, there's all sorts of conversations, issues, things relative to physical boundaries. And there's a much, much greater understanding, thankfully, of the need for physical boundaries between people and for people to be able to own that boundary for themselves than there used to be. That's been a good thing that there is more and more awareness. It's not where it needs to be at all, but there is progress. Yes. And we need to be doing the same thing with verbal violence. Yes, absolutely. So we might ask, should humor not be governed because, well, sticks and stones can, but words can never, right? That's just kind of another re-victimization of someone we've already offended, as we talked about. Uh, or should humor not be governed that way because, oh, I have the right to free speech. Free speech. Yeah, I can oh. say whatever I want. Yeah. Okay. I'm speaking as a lifelong journalist. I'm the biggest <laughs> guy you'll ever encounter who's about free speech. But even I will draw the line at if I'm directing something at Dave that either I know in advance or after I've said something verbally that I can tell he's been taken aback by, right then and there, I no longer am thinking that that's free speech. I'm thinking that is a violent act, a verbal violent act, and I should stop, I should apologize, I should be conscious and aware of his boundary. Free speech has a legal element too, but we're talking about the decency in a society. Right. And we're talking about a loving society, a decency, decent society. What are the norms in that kind of a society? Those go way beyond some notion of the legality of the Constitution. Come yeah, on. absolutely. Let's get real yeah. here. This is more about freedom of respect, yeah. freedom of dignity, rather yeah. than a freedom of yeah. speech. Yeah. So what is the best approach to take, we'd like to ask the question, when we are the subject? or object of verbal violence in the form of a joke. And man, this one's tough. Very tough. It's and it's going to be contextual. It's going to be situational. But just here are some thoughts. Lots of times you are in a very public setting and somebody does that to you. And the choices that you have, none of them feel very good. You have the choice to ignore it or just take it. You have the notion to kind of fight, fight back, back with verbal violence of your own. You theoretically, I guess, could get physically violent. That's a terrible choice to make. Or directly and calmly stand your ground and respond with an ask for an apology or an agreement that it won't be repeated in the future. Or is there something else? Yeah, I've got a technique that I've used that I've counseled others to use, and that is, sorry folks, this is an audio medium, not a visual medium, but what I'm doing is I'm holding my hand, palm open, at about shoulder level, mm. and it's not thrust forward at Dave's face. If I were to do that, that would be off-putting and aggressive and belligerent. So I just keep it about at my chest or shoulder just as, as a stop sign. It's a verbal, if I can, if I can represent how Lee looks right now it's a it is a ver it's a physical stop sign without the extended arm yeah Let the hand open right. and up kind of 
parallel to his face, yeah. I guess you would say. And by the way, I don't pair any words with it. I just maintain silence, and my hand is in the air for two or three seconds. I love that. And 99 people out of 100 get the message. They get it. They get, why do they get it, Lee? They get it because they know what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And all you need to do is raise the hand like that, and it brings them back to themselves. And I love that because it's calm. Yeah. It, uh, it's doesn't, non-confrontational. It doesn't escalate the verbal nature of it. I love that. I'm going to remember that. I've never used that. You see, hey, we, we learn something new every day <laughs> doing these podcasts. All right. So what should we do as adults when we see verbal abuse masked as, oh, just joking, or I'm just teasing, but it really can be verbal bullying. What do we do when we see one child perpetrate that on another child? Well, do we just tell the victimized child, well, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you? Or do we take up the issue with the perpetrator's parent or their caretaker or something else? What do you think, Dave? What should we do in that situation as adults when we see one child doing it to another child? very, very situational. I will tell you my tendency tends to be to take that up with the perpetrator's parent or caretaker uh, because I will usually see, well, that there's a gap in the parenting mm-hmm. that's going on there. There's a gap in the caretaking that's going on there. Let me take it to the person who's accountable for that. Right. And if I don't get the reaction that I want to get from that parent or that caretaker of, oh my gosh, so sorry about this. I will take it up with them. And I'll usually try to keep that very de-escalate. It's like, okay, not, no big not deal. wanting anybody to, you know, but why make you aware of it? And then if I see the reaction that I want to see, go on about your business, tell, tell your child, you know, what, what the outcome of that was, yes. that you did that so that they're aware of it, so that they can tell you if something happens again. And if I don't see that reaction from the parent or caretaker, then we have a little different conversation where I say, well, let me set the boundaries for you. Yes. You, you may not think there's a problem here. I do. Mm-hmm. So let me be clear with you what the boundaries are. It, in a way, it's it's kind of a uh, verbal version of Lee's stop sign. Mm-hmm. As I'm thinking about it now, yeah. it's holding up that hand with that parent or caretaker and saying, there's a limit here. Yeah. You just crossed a boundary or your child crossed a boundary. Right. And I want to bring your awareness to that. Yep. Yep. So is it someone's right to be able to use verbal violence or on anyone else as they wish and whenever they wish? We obviously would say no. And doesn't the right of freedom of speech still come with responsibility and accountability? Yes. We talked about please. that earlier. Yeah. We have slander laws. We have bullying laws. It's just two examples. There is accountability for that. Absolutely. So let's talk about our point of view on all of this. If you are the target of someone else's attempt at so-called humor, you have the right to basically accept or approve that attempt at humor or not, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't approve of it, then that person can move on to someone else if they so choose. Well, you weren't accepting of my jab, so I'll go to the next person and see if they'll take it, right? Yeah, and hopefully that person sets the right boundary boundaries as well. when that happens, but that's their accountability. Yeah. Yeah. If we finally have an environment of caring for each other that sets some loving boundaries for what is real humor and what is not, then these folks who are still addicted to verbal violence will quickly find themselves isolated. In time, 
they will probably get more appropriately creative about their own use of humor. Mm -hmm. So aren't these boundaries that we're talking about similar to the physical boundaries we should now accept as norms? That people shouldn't be able to physically touch someone if they don't want to be touched? Is this verbal boundary really any different from those physical ones? And we would say no. It's just not any different. But each of us finds specific humor topics about ourselves that are funny or unfunny that we're okay or not okay with sharing publicly. We're each unique. We're each unique in the things that we find funny or unfunny about ourselves in terms of that being shared publicly. That's part of our uniqueness that we should accept about each other and really appreciate. Yes. So the fact that I may think some things are funny about myself and Lee doesn't really think those are funny, I should appreciate the fact that he's different mm -hmm. and he's unique. That's, mm -hmm. not, that's not something to reconcile. Right. That's something to appreciate right. that we have those differences. So that unique aspect about humor in each of us makes it hard sometimes to have a consistent line of, of topics okay, that can be jokes about someone else without offending them. We don't know if they'll find it okay or not until we get a signal from them directly. Isn't that why it should be up to each of us to kind of pre-approve what topics we're okay with being the subject of a public joke about ourselves? That's just part of the process. It and is part of the process, go, well, absolutely. Gosh, I'm going to have to do some work. I kind of feel like making a joke about Lee about something, you know, that I, th I think is funny and I think he shouldn't mind. You mean I've kind of got to go to the work of kind of checking out whether or not he thinks that's funny to joke about? Oh, I don't want to do it. Well, Go do it. Go do it. Okay? Yeah. Check it out. You're going to have a richer relationship by exerting that effort. So, Lee, what's at the end of all this, what's the picture? Well, isn't this the bottom line, the real picture? We each own the right to determine what we think is humorous about ourselves. Let's say that again. Each of us owns the right, yeah, we're using the word right, to determine what we think is humorous about ourselves, our own boundaries. It is then a separate and second decision as to what we approve to share with others and if or when they will share that publicly as something they think is funny. That right does not belong to someone else. It belongs to each of us for ourselves. And don't we, as we have relationships with people, don't we learn over time pretty quickly those things that they like laughing about, about themselves? They yeah. share them. Right. They talk about them. Yeah. And then you can laugh about them together and they come up periodically and you get a pretty quick sense of the things in their life that aren't very funny to them, mm -hmm. you know, that are hurtful or that are difficult for them to, to deal with or talk about. And, and you stay silent on those. They're not funny. Right. So audience, do you agree or have other thoughts? What's your picture for humor? Lee said something earlier that I thought was important for us to talk about a little bit for context for our audience of the future as we start moving toward that segment. And we are in a time uh, here in 2022, living in the United States, where we have lost a lot of our humor. We have significant political divisions. We've talked a bit about that. We'll talk more about that uh, to different degrees in, in these podcasts. But laughter's wonderful. Laughter's a beautiful thing. Life should be full of laughter. And Lee, that's been a really disturbing trend. Yeah, so I shared with Dave, uh, without going into great detail, I have cause to walk into live learning environments nearly every day of the week. I'll be doing corporate training or education at the university level. So 
You have a classroom environment with 20 or 25 people in there ready to learn on a topic. And not that long ago, as people were settling in to start the day or coming back from a comfort break or something like that, there was a great deal of laughter and interchange among the students and the participants in that program that day. And the last few years, I've just noticed there's not. Not only is everyone buried in their own device, that's one factor, but I think there's a more important factor at work here, and that is people are terribly sensitive to, oh my gosh, if I say something, I may offend others. And we're kind of becoming humorless, and we're kind of losing the ability to do the work that we just talked about, about understanding, well, what's okay with Dave? What are his boundaries? There seems to be a real reluctance or reticence to do that work to connect with one another on a humor level. And somebody goes, well, you know, how, how would you find out whether or not people find certain things funny or not? How would you do that? Ask. 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 We just had a podcast a few, Ask. <laughs> two or three podcasts ago. We talked about asking questions. Right. I could go to Lee. I've never done this. It's an interesting thing. I could go to Lee right now and go, Lee. Think about what some of the things are that you think are really funny about yourself. Mm-hmm. And after you've had a chance to think about that, tell me what some of those are. Mm-hmm. And we'd laugh about them. Yeah, and I absolutely. could also go, Lee. Yeah, I'm the clumsiest Lee. guy who ever lived. You know, tripping <laughs> over the sidewalk, that's like a twice daily occurrence. <laughs> Lee, what do you think are just some funny things about being human? What are, what are just regular human quirks that you chuckle about every now and then? What are, what are those? You could come up with them. Ask. ask. If you're not sure, ask. Right. Okay. In addition to asking, we can always listen and we can always observe. Yeah. People, Even short of asking, people will tell you. They will tell you. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. We're now moving to that segment uh, with our future generations. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hi, future, future, future. <laughs> we need an echo effect, by the way. Can we talk to the we, producer? We, we don't need an echo effect because one of the very funny things about you, Lee, <laughs> is that you do a great echo effect. <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need to create that artificially. Okay. So we're going to hit this one pretty quickly because we think you all have solved this in the future. And we think what you have done is exactly what we're talking about, okay? You ask questions, you observe, you listen. You are careful to make sure that you're not stepping on somebody's toes or you have an understanding with somebody who's a good friend that, hey, if in the course of us making fun about something, if I said something that bothers you, please tell me. And we think each of you in the future has the confidence, the courage to establish your own boundaries. Yes. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's second nature. No one has to think twice about it. It's organic, it's instinctive, it's intuitive. You establish your own boundaries in the future. And you all have taught that early on yep. to your children that, Not only do you own your own physical boundaries, you own verbal boundaries with other people in terms of things that are offensive. Okay. Well, here's what we suspect you had to overcome, right? Uh, Here we are in 2022. Why didn't we get this figured out? Uh, We think we live in an ultra-competitive society. Uh, We've talked about that in previous podcasts. I need to win. You need to lose. We're in a battle for resources, but we're also in a battle of egos, right? And I think that's probably at the root of harmful humor, what passes for humor, what you and I would not call real humor, but acts of verbal violence. They're ego-based. Yeah, and it's an element with violence where lots of times the feeling is be the first one. 
if you go put something out there then and you're the first one to do it an opinion about something then it's very hard to get that undone yes you're the first one to say something so it gets to be a society of be the first one to say something be the first one to hit be the first one to do anything and so somebody will kind of go if they have somebody that they're competitive with or that's a enemy or someone they don't like hit them first Mm -hmm. you know and it's just very difficult to be the one that's either in a defensive mode then or you're hitting second yeah exactly so i think we would wrap up this conversation with the future by saying you figured out how to do humor with love and there is great humor i think we want to underscore that there is great humor here in our lifetime. There's wonderful humor. There's a lot of the other stuff too. Yes. And that's what we're saying. Keep all that good stuff. And there's a bunch of it. Get rid of the other yuck. So we'd like to conclude by sharing a quotation. This one from Mary Beth Evans, who states, it is never too late to be what you might have been. So we ask, what are your pictures? What are your perspectives? What are your ideals and what is your influence to use? We'll talk to you later on. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures. Pictures.